0: The following podcast contains explicit language. One definition of explicit language is stated clearly and in detail, leaving no room for confusion or doubt. That's why we use those words.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 315 of the Thinking that podcast. Uh... Today, we've got a pearls versus turds. A real, It's actually a real bad piece of advice about going back to school to improve your GPA. That's not a thing. Um, we have a an email about personal statements. Oh, we started with a logical reasoning question from uh, prep test 73 it Turned out to be a flaw question with a uh, fairly predictable flaw, but a couple of answers that were worthy of digging in. We, we talked about the difference between fails to consider uh, and takes for granted. Those are mean two different things. You know what I just realized
0: so, too, a couple episodes ago, the title of the episode was Could Be Worse Flaw. And this is another example of a could, could be worse flaw. Like things could be worse than what you're thinking.
1: Yeah, I guess that was basically the flaw. Yeah. Could be worse. Interesting. Okay. And then we did a whole bunch of personal statements. We had some that were really good and we had some that were really, really bad, like cut all yeah. of it. But we had, there. there's the last one we do is uh, actually pretty exciting, I think. Uh, so you can stay tuned for that. This is going to air on Monday, September 13th. Uh, That means that you are two weeks away from the November LSAT registration deadline. You can come to my October 2021 LSAT study group if you would like to talk to me about whether you should register for the November LSAT. Uh, We'll be having that conversation in upcoming weeks. Um, So please do come to that. That's Thursday, 4 p.m., by the way. And um, all you need is a demon-free account to come to that class and ask me whatever you want to ask me. Uh, October LSAT is coming up in the middle of October, November LSAT is coming up in the middle of November, but the next deadline that you need to worry about is uh, September 29th to register for the November LSAT. I wonder, Ben, uh, it seems clear to me that, well, obviously the registration deadline for November is way before the October LSAT, let alone the LSAT, the release of the scores. But, uh, what they did this time, unprecedented, people who took the August test and also registered for September, wait, do I have the month right? August? September. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So as you hear this, it will have just happened. But the scores are coming out. this the August scores are coming out this Friday. And LSAC actually emailed everybody who took the August test and is registered for September and said, hey, if your August score comes back and you like it, we're going to give you a refund if you want. You have to email us within 48 hours. And it's on a weekend, <laughs> by the way. The scores come out on Friday and you, they have to email LSAC by Sunday okay. to to get that yeah, refund. Yeah. This is all in the past. As you hear this, this is all in the past. But I wonder if they're going to do that with September, October and with October Well, now that
0: they've set the precedent and they still foolishly have the registration deadline so early, it's just the weirdest thing. I don't understand it. We've said this a million times.
1: Yeah. I mean, hey, maybe they're geniuses. They're like, well, yeah, you're going to have to register. You're going to have to give Mm, us your money. It just
0: forces people to make that decision, sign up.
1: Yep. And you're going to then have to email us if you do decide that you want the refund. If you forget to do that, we're not going to give you the refund. Oh, Maybe you'll decide that you just want to take it again anyway because you've already paid <laughs> us because that is how people think, right? It's harder to opt um, out than anyway. to
0: opt in, right? So
1: it's nothing but good if they do do that. Like, I hope that that precedent is going to be established. If that's the case, then it's going to be a no brainer for everybody to just go ahead and, like, yeah, if you're taking October, <laughs> you go ahead and register for November. Uh, uh, hoping that they're going to do this same thing. We don't know whether that's going to be true yet, but hopefully it will be. Hey, Ben. Yep. You think people want to come work with us? I hope so. We want you. (laughs) I I do too. Um, We really love uh, hiring podcast listeners and LSAT team and students. And we have a need right now for two different roles. Yes. One of them requires a 99th percentile LSAT score. If you get your LSAT back and it's in the 99th percentile, and you want to teach and tutor for us, we are hiring. We need teachers for LSAT Demon Live. Um, So please, if you want to teach for us, uh, email the show, help at thinkinglsat.com. We also, um, and this does not require an LSAT score. We need customer service, uh, specifically business hours, fielding telephone calls, uh, we need TAs for our classes, and we need help with 2.0, Daemon basically testing new yeah. features and bug fixes yep. and stuff uh, on the Daemon. So that's a separate thing. I wonder should how should they email? Is that email to you or email to the help team maybe? Probably the help Probably team.
0: Probably help is best, yeah. Start there.
1: Okay. So if you're interested in doing customer service, uh, telephone calls, TAing for classes, testing Features for Demon 2.0, email help at lsatdemon.com. If you're interested in uh, teaching and tutoring for us, you can email help at thinkinglsat.com. Actually, or just email me directly. I'm Nathan at lsatdemon.com. And we'll talk about uh, your 99th percentile LSAT score and maybe teaching for us. Cool. Anything no. else about that?
0: It's a fun All team. i right. sorry. There is something else. <laughs> I would say That's everybody true. enjoys working here. I mean, maybe I'm blinded
1: they could just be lying to us because we're the bosses oh we (laughs) love it here yeah they do say yeah (laughs) they do seem like they get along and help each other out quite a lot and um yeah it's a hey well we know for sure that it's a good way to meet some pretty badass Mm -hmm. lawyers right like we've got two of them right now who are one l one l's at yale people who ta'd with us or taught for us uh, are actually one, Yale 1Ls right now. And everybody else is also all, all over the place at all kinds of different badass places. Um, so it is a good group of folks to, to meet, um, not just me and Ben, but <laughs> people who are going to actually be doing work in the legal yeah. field. That'd be good for you. So and it, again, it, it, it's uh, help at thinkinglsat.com if you want to talk about teaching and it's uh, help at atlsatdemon.com if you want to Talk about any of these customer service roles. All right, now let's get on to the show. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, uh, we've got a logical reasoning question in front of us. This is from Prep Test 73, Section 2, Number 15. I'm going to read you the marketing consultant's statement. I'll probably stop every sentence and get your thoughts on it. Sure. All right. Marketing Consultant says, last year, I predicted that LRG's latest advertising campaign would be unpopular with customers and ineffective in promoting new products.
0: Okay. So this consultant is telling us what he predicted last year. Um, he thought that this would basically be a failure, this marketing campaign. Um, I don't know where he's or she is going with this, but I expect that it probably did fail, right? Most people don't tell you what they predicted when they were wrong, but sometimes they do.
1: Yeah, I think that's, re- uh, that's my reaction too. I'm like, all right, so you're probably going <laughs> to tell me you're right. Yeah. Um, but LRG ignored my predictions and took the advice of a competing consultant.
0: Okay. Still waiting for the shoe to drop. What happened?
1: <laughs> yeah. And also now there's a little like, It's almost like maudlin kind of, right? It's like this consultant is butthurt that they didn't didn't listen to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, This season's sales figures show that sales are down and LRG's new products are selling especially poorly.
0: Okay. I mean, that's not good. That's not good for LRG. Um, And it does
1: seem to be good for the marketing consultant. Yep here comes the conclusion. It says, thus, the advertising campaign was ill-conceived.
0: Okay. I don't think that the marketing consultant is definitely wrong. I think it's very possible that the advertising campaign was ill-conceived. But when you say that as your conclusion, and you're asserting that it was, in fact, ill-conceived, you need to prove it. And all I'm thinking right now is that the advertising campaign was probably ill-conceived. There's certain a, certainly a possibility that although things are bad, they could have been worse. This is a super common flaw in the LSAT, right? Um, yeah. We don't know what they would have been. And so we don't know if the campaign actually ended up helping, even though the sales figures are especially poor.
1: Yeah. Us, talking about this in class last night, mm. mm-hmm. our our job in the on LSAT logical reasoning, it's a it's a special form of like this ritualized combat. It's actually quite civilized. Sure, we're not going to always wholeheartedly accept one view or the other view on LSAT logical reasoning. We have to be able to because it's like. Hey, marketing consultant, I understand your argument and you could be absolutely right. But your argument hasn't actually proven your conclusion. And so as your attorney or as an opposing attorney, either way, it doesn't matter. Yep. My job is to tell you ways that you might lose. Yeah. Right. And and I'm not saying you definitely lost. I'm not, I'm not judging you. I'm not like, I'm not on anybody's team yet. <laughs> you I haven't, you haven't paid me yet, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know who I'm working for, but my job is to say, you know, giving you all of your evidence, your conclusion may or may not be justified. Yeah. And my job isn't to like, look for ways that you could be correct. My job is to really look for ways that you could be incorrect. Yeah. Right?
0: And sometimes we go searching for those ways and we can't find them. And then we're like, well, damn. Yeah. Um, you've done Other a good times, job.
1: There's a giant elephant in the room, right? Yep. Like, I mean, it's 2021. I read this in 2021 and I think, "Huh. What if uh last year was COVID?" Yep. You know, like that could be it. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Could be that they didn't follow your advice. The latest advertising campaign was a dud you told them so, they didn't listen to you, they listened to your competitor, and now they suck. And it could totally be because of that. But it could also be because of a any other reason, you know, like a global economic disaster.
0: Yeah. And, and to push that even further, like we were saying, the disaster is why the sales are down. But They're not as down, or they're not down as much as they might have been. Maybe the campaign actually kept the company afloat. No,
1: it could literally be the greatest advertising campaign ever,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know? And the, but it could have been in a climate where LRG's new products were just not going to sell for whatever reason. Yep. Okay, good. The marketing consultant's reasoning is most vulnerable to criticism on the grounds that.
0: Okay. This is a classic... Um, flaw question this phrasing is used over and over and over again how is what is the argument most vulnerable to criticism um, or which criticism is it most vulnerable to and that means as I if I haven't figured out the flaw in the argument well, I better stop right then and go back and figure it out but in most cases if we're paying attention we've read the argument we see that it's bad and we've identified why it's bad I feel like a lot of new test takers, they're like, oh, that argument sucks, oh yeah, it's really bad. And it's like, okay, cool, why is it bad? And they're like, oh, well, it's just not good. And it's like, yeah, no, that's the definition of bad, thank you. But what makes it actually problematic? What's your objection? We've made our objection, so I'm ready to go into these answers.
1: Okay, we're looking for something that they did wrong, and you've already been yelling at them about like, hey man, you're basically ignoring all other possible causes for the sales being down all right a did it take for granted that lrg's sales would not have been lower still in the absence of the competitor's advertising campaign
0: (laughs) so this is interesting because it kind of touches on um what we were talking about but it's not taking it's not assuming that they wait that they would not is it's assuming that they would not have been lower still. Um. Hold up, now I have to like process this.
1: It's because of the yeah the negative makes it real hard to understand what it's even saying.
0: Okay, so the way I would, I would probably actually hold this open and see what I think of the others. Let's just do yeah. That. Okay.
1: B, it fails to consider that economic factors unrelated to the advertising campaign may have caused LRG's low sales figures.
0: Boom. I mean, that's exactly what we were saying, (laughs) speaking of the pandemic. So I love that answer.
1: Okay. C, takes for granted that in LRG's industry, new products should outsell established products.
0: (laughs) We we don't talk about outselling established or new or anything like that. So I certainly
1: didn't take that for granted. That's not something that the author would have to agree with. D, did the argument take for granted that the higher sales of established products are due to effective advertising?
0: <laughs> it, uh, it doesn't have to assume that. Um, the
1: consultant does not have to agree with that. E, it confuses a condition necessary for increasing product sales with a condition that will ensure increased sales.
0: Okay, so this is the LSAT's most common flaw, and it's also one of the LSAT's most common wrong answers. <laughs> They love to throw it in there because not only does confusing a condition necessary for another sufficient condition, um, talk about confusing two conditions, it confuses test takers. But this is not confusing (laughs) an if clause for a then clause or anything like that.
1: Yeah, that very commonly correct, but we would have predicted that answer if it were correct. That's yeah. one where we would always have been just yelling about it. I'm never surprised when that's the correct answer. Like I, That one you've got to learn to see coming a mile away. You're going to predict it when it is the correct answer, and you're going to very easily dismiss it when it's not the correct answer because you know exactly what that flaw looks like. Um, Going back, I so I think here in real life, I bet you wouldn't even think about it anymore. You would pick B. You know they did that. That was one of the things that we were yelling about. We know for sure they did that. But to, to go back to A, because I, I think that we, we do need to compare, especially, I think it's uh, instructive here to talk about the burden of proof to pick A versus picking B. So A says it takes for granted that. Yep. And B says it fails to consider that. Yeah. And what's the difference between those two phrases?
0: Yeah. So big difference. Um, it fails to consider that when it's, when an answer choice starts with that wording, which is super common, it's just accusing the marketing consultant of forgetting something. And most arguments or not even forgetting, ignoring things. And most arguments ignore a lot of things. In fact, they ignore everything that wasn't discussed. Yep. So it's, it's a pretty low bar. When you say, hey, you failed to consider something, the answer is almost always, yeah, I'm I, sorry, I didn't think about that. The question is, does that matter? And so then that's the only thing we have to figure out. And here, the author or the consultant did fail to consider economic factors unrelated to the advertising campaign. And does yep. that matter? Yeah, that matters a lot because that could explain why it dropped. So does this happen? Is that a problem? Yes. Yes. And it's a low bar, right?
1: Yeah. And now, with A, when it starts with, it takes for granted
0: that. That's a much higher bar. You're accusing the consultant of assuming whatever comes after it takes for granted. You're saying, hey, you're assuming yada yada. And for them to and it's not just a, like you're saying you have to assume this. So if they can say, "Hey, look, I understand what you're saying, but I don't I don't have to agree with that claim for my argument to still stand." It's over. That answer choice is wrong.
1: Yeah, you're well, you're I mean, and it can be right because sometimes they do have to agree have with to a agree. statement. Mm-hmm. And if that statement were not true, they you know, it, 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 they'd be in trouble. But here, so do they have to agree? Yes. That does the marketing consultant have to agree that LRG's sales would not have been lower still without this other advertising campaign.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, in the absence of so without the without the other campaign it would not have been lower still. So, it would not have been um
1: So it's it's basically saying, yeah, you 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 have to agree that that competitor's advertising campaign didn't do anything. Nothing. Yeah. Right. And that's the problem with that statement is that too the marketing consultant can go, well, no, of course, any shitty advertising campaign is better than no advertising campaign. I don't have to agree that their sales wouldn't have been even lower if they didn't even do that shitty campaign. Yeah. I don't have to agree with that statement. Yes, it probably worked somewhat. Nonetheless, it's poorly conceived and going to be in you know, unpopular with customers and it's not going to work and look their their sales are down and especially their new products are down. And so I don't have to agree that it was completely ineffective. Mm-hmm. I just have to agree that my shit was better and this shit's not good. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm I'm agreeing uh, like that it did nothing, right? So that's it's a very tricky answer. I would imagine that a lot of people think A is a good good answer because it is kind of close to what we were talking about. It's just that that burden of proof we have to we have to prove that they did this thing, and takes for granted means necessarily assumes means you have to like I I have to be able to prove that the marketing consultant has to agree with this statement. Yeah whereas and i can't so i can't pick a whereas with b fails to consider this thing yeah i mean you failed to consider everything that you didn't explicitly say so fails to consider no problem it's what about this what about possible economic factors unrelated to the advertising campaign like a global pandemic or a recession or whatever what about that and that is a problem and so that's the answer
0: cool yeah Cool.
1: Excellent work. All right, uh, let's move along to, we've got a pearls versus turds here. Um, I'll let you read it.
0: Sure. Pearls versus turds is where we take some wisdom from out in the universe, and we decide whether it's good advice or bad advice. Right now the scoreboard is 15 pearls, 53 turds, and 24 ties. Sarah writes in, hey, guys, I had to turn off another podcast because the advice was so horrible that I would rather work in silence.
1: (laughs) I like the podcast listeners. (laughs) I like the people who listen at work. (laughs) Sarah's like, I'm at work. It sucks. I want some entertainment. So I'm listening to these LSAT podcasts, but not that one, whatever that one is. She didn't name it. (laughs) That's funny.
0: That's funny. There was a suggestion for splitters so a splitter is someone who has a high LSAT and low GPA or vice versa, to return to undergrad or grad school in order to improve GPA or simply display higher ability on applications because seeing as your GPA is set at graduation, this makes zero sense. Um, Do people know that? What a waste of time and money. That's all. Bye. Okay. Thanks, Sarah. What do, you th- what do you think of this advice? Go back to school and work on your GPA.
1: <laughs> Seems like a turd to me. My understanding is if you graduate, that's it. Uh, my understanding is that a second bachelor's or like more undergraduate credits yeah. do not change your undergraduate GPA. If it did, then people would do that all the time. But it doesn't. Therefore, people don't do it. Therefore, well, this is an auto turd.
0: I was thinking about it. Even if you could do this, I, I'm not sure that it's worth the effort. I mean, it's so hard to move the needle on your GPA. What are you going to do? Take a whole semester of classes?
1: Yeah, I suppose you could go take a bunch of easy shit.
0: I don't know. Seems like a lot of, a lot of time. Yeah, no. I,
1: I, hey, I'm not. Yeah. But I'm not like the type of crazy person who <laughs> goes to law school, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know a one L at Penn, uh, it's right now. This was on, this was yesterday, September 7th and a brand new one L at Penn told me that, uh, they have all of the readings done for the month of September. School has not actually started yet at Penn. Hmm. The readings for September are done and they're like sitting there bored, wondering what to do. And, uh, they're now going and getting exams from not only the professor. Like, so it's like, yep, well, I joined the Jewish Law Society. They've got all the old exams so I could get the old exams. So I got my professors, but there's this one professor who's new here, but I've already started reaching out to their former school to find students there who have the exams for that professor for that class.
0: Yeah, good luck in a battle against that dude.
1: (laughs) That's the type of psycho who's going to law school.
0: Yeah, he's put so, up his fort. And, he's put up his walls. Now he's like re. He's training his troops. Shit, they're getting yeah, and ready. it's
1: exactly correct. Like that's exactly what this person should be doing yeah. if they want to win. Yeah, and that's the, that's the person who's going to win,
0: <laughs> as opposed you know? to out in your field trying to like <laughs> gather your flocks as the milit- as the other army is coming upon you. Yeah, no,
1: it's so you know, like if we put it in that context. The the idea that you go back to undergrad and you take a few classes and you get some A's so that you could bump up your GPA slightly before you apply to law school. It's not that bad of an idea. Like in theory, you know, in practice, it would be a pain in the ass. In, but in theory, like, yeah, I mean, I could see it actually working. Um, but for the fact that that doesn't it doesn't work that way. Like LSAC says, when you graduate, that's your GPA. That's it. And so any additional work that you do after you graduate does not change your LSAC GPA. And so therefore, this is terrible advice. Not only that, but Ben, you know, this idea that if, if you do have a shitty undergrad, maybe you should go back to school just to display higher ability on your applications.
0: Uh, school is not a means. Like people write about classes that they took. It's like you paid for the opportunity to sit on this class. This does not reflect your abilities.
1: Yeah. And master's programs are like the worst culprit, right? I yeah. I have two masters and I'm the worst student in the world. And I got like basically straight A's in both of my master's programs because master's programs, you just like, it, there's obviously STEM is going to be different, but I have an MBA and a master's also in journalism. And those programs were like, you're getting A's like you just, you do the assignments, you get A's. That's how it works. And so the fact that you get, you know, sometimes people are like, but I got a 3.7 in my master's. Like I have a 3.1 in undergrad and that looks shitty and I'm worried about my application, but I I have a 3.7 in my master's program. And you know, as somebody who's actually familiar with master's programs, I'm like, really? 3.7. That's all. (laughs) <laughs> like it's not even good. <laughs> it's it's not actually yeah. better. Yeah. Your three point one in undergrad might have been better than your three point seven that you got at, in your master's program, possibly. And anyway, it doesn't go into their index calculation. It doesn't go onto their five hundred nine data. It, the American Bar Association is never going to see it. U.S. News and World Report is never going to see it. So I think we have to give this one a turd.
0: Okay. Thanks for writing uh, in, Sarah. It sounds like you already yeah. recognized it as a turd and fled accordingly. If you guys have a pearls versus turds for the show, email help at LSAT, what? <laughs> help at thinkinglsat.com or find us on social at thinkinglsat. I almost said our help at lsatdemon.com. By the way, that team is amazing and they would help you out anyway.
1: Yeah, if you need to know anything about uh, LSAT prep with us, that's uh, help at lsatdemon.com. Also just go to LSATDemon.com and sign up for a free trial and start coming to our all our free classes. I got two free classes tomorrow. I got advanced two. logical reasoning and um, my October study group. You're giving
0: away the shot, man. I mean I have I know. to like rain it I in. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, kinda. <laughs> I mean, well, hey, we have a stated goal, uh, which I believe we have already achieved, of providing the very best free resources that are available. Yeah. I don't think it's even close. I yeah. I'm very comfortable saying that Khan Academy sucks compared to what we have already for free. Mm. Uh Demon, com and get a free account and check it out. I mean, there's like hours of recorded classes, there's tons and tons of questions, explanations, there's like just a wild amount of preparation that you can do for free with us. Yep. Um so yeah, we are kind of giving away the shop, but um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we wanted to do that, I guess. Um, this email, we've been talking about personal statements a lot on the Thinking That podcast. Sure. And we're going to do more of that later in the show. But this is a question. Uh, it's a three-part question from Brooke. Okay. Um, says, hello, I've been listening to the latest episodes where you tear apart personal statements and first want to thank you for that. It has really helped me better understand where to go with my own. But I still have a couple questions. One, I have young children. You say over and over not to mention being a mom. It's not a point in my favor and so on. I struggle with this because I have a gap in my resume where I became a quote, domestic engineer for three years as childcare costs nearly matched my salary. I am a full-time mom. It's what I do. I want to explain this gap and also answer the why now but that's impossible without including the mom thing. Is there a way I can spin it into a positive that does fit into a personal statement? Or would this topic be better for an addendum or a diversity statement? Or should I just leave it out entirely? Should I put it on my resume so that there is no actual gap?
0: You can have the first word. (laughs) I'm mulling this over. I think part of the problem that we have when people talk about themselves being moms or parents or whatever, um, I guess we haven't seen dads doing this, but um, it, it almost seems like they're trying to sell it, right? They're trying to sell that. They're like, oh, by the way, I have these kids and that's like, it's, it's the way they're presenting that information. I almost wonder... That
1: does happen a lot, which is why I think we have had personal statements on the show before where people are going on about their kids and we're like, what? That doesn't like make you a yeah. good candidate for law school. But but what I think is happening with Brooke here, she just seems to be too worried about this gap on her resume. and And... What I really, so it's like, Brooke, why are you, you're like, Hey, here's a big hole in my application. So I'm going to focus my personal statement on that. Yeah. You don't have to do that. The, the personal statement is a, it's a page and a half introduction. You it's an elevator pitch for yourself. It's an elevator pitch for, I'm going to go to law school and kick ass. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not, you don't need to focus on what you think is a deficiency on your resume. Who gives a shit? Like <laughs> you're, you're drawing attention to something that you think is a problem. Yeah. Stop
0: it. Well, what I I, I was trying to get to that and I think it can like, it, let's, uh, I guess I feel like there are ways to address this that are indirect And therefore, don't come across as you trying to sell it, and so then we're not skeptical of it. So, for example, like I I feel like we've done this before, where we where we tell people to mention something, and it's really the way it's mentioned is it's presented as like a transition, but it has the side effect of oh, alerting the reader to the fact it's. But it's half a fucking sentence. Yes, yes it's like exactly.
1: You do, you do it in like the last sentence of the paragraph, or the last sentence maybe, right? The very last sentence, because endings are shitty, and most people just shouldn't even have an ending. But maybe Brooke would write about her actual professional experience, which we're going to get to in her next question. She has cool stuff to talk about. She could talk all about that. And then in the very last sentence, she could say something like for the past three years, I took the past three years off so that I could raise my kids. And now I'm ready for law school.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, so as, like, that's, that's all it yeah, merits
1: that you don't need more yes, than But that. it's
0: also very, it, it's, it's weird. It's like powerful, right? Cause you can address that concern without, like you said, highlighting it or bringing attention to it, or like all of a sudden, geez, feeling the need to talk about it for a page and a half. And
1: no, she's like wanting to make it the focus of yeah. her resume, which would be a or the focus of her personal statement, which, which would be a terrible uh, waste of an opportunity to to sell herself. Yeah. She also, you know, she thinks the f- domestic engineer phrase is clever or whatever. She's a- seriously considering putting no, it on her that. resume. Don't, no. don't do that. Like, don't don't get cute and don't like overly dwell on it. I, I think it's just like. Literally a half a this sentence. This is what
0: I did, and then I took time off to do this. Great, totally understandable.
1: I'm excited for this next yep. step. Like I've raised my kid. I took these three years off. My kids are in whatever. I'm ready for law school. That's that's it. You don't you don't need to do more than that. Anyway, and yeah, you just don't need to do more. <laughs> um, two. You've read a couple of personal statements from people involved in the military intelligence community. And that's part of my background and focus of my personal statement as well, which just make that the focus of your yep. personal statement. You don't, the mom stuff doesn't need to be the focus. You don't of need as statement.
0: well. You have one focus.
1: One focus, yes. Much of what I did was top secret. So I can't be very specific. And I'm worried that will come across as vague and not impactful. Is it appropriate to mention that I can't be specific? Or does that sound like a humble brag?
0: Look, I mean, if you're going to be unable to tell us things that help us see you solving problems, then you might need to write about a different story. I don't understand the nature of your restrictions, um, but if you have, if it forces you to speak high level general claim and make general claims about what you did, I don't think it's going to be a very effective statement. But I don't, I feel like people write books all the time who are in the military and they change the names of the places, they change various things, and the story is not impacted at all. I don't give a fuck where it took place or what people were involved, but apparently they got it cleared by the DOD. So these things can be done. Yeah,
1: it's fine. You don't need to specifically say what neighborhood you were in in Karachi or whatever like you don't Change have it. to exactly Why, I don't well, yeah I don't know if you could but... or you could just say in a city in the Middle yeah, East or yeah. whatever you don't you just don't that's fine and like years you definitely don't need that we don't those that's like one of the most common things that we tell people to cut yep. right people are always like giving the exact month and year and whatever and it's like nobody cares that's not really relevant to your story so it's it seems to me like you should be able to keep quite a bit of the I I think I'd have to see it, of course, because execution matters. But I don't see any reason why that is going to have to be a problem. Not, not necessarily. All right, number three. It seems like a lot of the advice you give for personal statements will simplify it into a retelling of the resume.
0: Wait, what? We tell people all the time yeah. not to retell us all the bullet points from your resume. You take one...
1: No, we say specifically that that's not what You this take is. one
0: bullet point and you expand it into an actual story. One, maybe two.
1: Yeah, and she, she goes on and says, For example, including concrete facts like dollar figures and leaving out all feelings or thoughts or lessons learned.
0: Uh, okay, that's true. But that's... <laughs> Your resume is like a...
1: We do like facts.
0: Your resume is just high level. It's like a quick overview of your working life. We're taking one point of that working life and digging into it.
1: Yeah, the idea is that you're going to show yourself in action by using specific facts and not talking so much about what you thought or felt or how you made decisions or whatever. Instead, just focus on actions that you took. She goes on, if I say in my personal statement, quote, I produced intelligence analysis for three provinces in eastern Afghanistan, that's already going to be on my
0: (laughs) resume. Um, Just a quick edit to that sentence, by the way, let's make it a little more concrete. You said I produced intelligence analysis. People do this all the time. They use the word produced or created or worked which are like kind of higher level vague words. I'm glad Mm -hmm. that this is an I verb sentence. I did something, but I'd, I'd prefer uh, you take the noun analysis and turn that into a verb. I analyzed intelligence for three provinces in Eastern Afghanistan. Oh, now it's, it's,
1: but she's still going to be worried that that's already on her resume. I yeah.
0: sorry, I just wanted to get the, the idea clear and then I don't see a problem yeah. with that cuz you're going to say more sentences about what you did when you analyzed intelligence and
1: Yeah, what what do you mean you analyzed intelligence? Yeah. What for who? And what Why? problem were you solving? What did that look How like? Did,
0: what what did you do about that? You can't tell that story in bullet points on your resume.
1: No. If you if you are trying to do that then you have too many bullet points on your resume. What won't be on my resume is what lessons I learned from the experience. I don't care about the
0: lessons you learned.
1: Yeah. I can't say this strongly enough. I just don't. I, you're. It's inherently bullshit because you're telling me what's going on inside your own head and you're the only one who knows that and you could say anything you wanted. And so omit. Like it just it doesn't if you really learned lessons, then you will have done something with those. Exactly.
0: Lessons. I was just, just going to say the same thing. Okay. Think about a lesson that you want to convey to your reader. You're like, oh, I learned X. Okay, great. How did that lesson change what you did? did? Did your behavior in any way change? If so, tell us what you did. Yeah. If it was a valuable lesson, then it would lead to valuable, actionable changes. And now you can just tell us those things that you did. How how about a
1: concrete lesson from a concrete example from my sure. own life? This would be entirely inappropriate to put on a personal statement, but I recently learned a lesson that, uh, Hey dude, you drink too much. Yep. If I make the claim that I learned that I drink too much, <laughs> I learned that I really need to drink. To, I need to drink less. And I, I, I learned that I, I learned I have, that. I have I, no idea a, what to think of that because even... A strong lesson that I've like, learned.
0: But do you still drink too much? Like, then yeah. have you really learned anything? You just become aware right. of that? Like, right.
1: And, and if I said instead, I recently took 90 days in a row off of drinking entirely. Yeah. Well, that's a statement of fact that demonstrates... <laughs> that i learned the lesson okay great but i also did a concrete thing about yeah. it now of course it would be better if i you know was able to say and i stopped drinking entirely after yeah. that which i totally <laughs> didn't but what i'm saying is it, it's, a, it's just just an example of like how it's so much more powerful to state a fact that demonstrates that there was a lesson learned instead of making the claim that there was a lesson. Yeah, if you're
0: struggling with this, just imagine for a half second if you met someone at a bar and they said, well, I guess a bar is a horrible place to be. (laughs) A bar. But you met someone, (laughs) right? (laughs) And you're talking to them at your friend's house and they're like, oh, yeah, I've learned I drink too much. I mean, my immediate thought is, oh, this person drinks a lot.
1: Yeah. Oh, I totally believe you when you say I drink too much. I'm like, um, Yeah you probably do most people do i do yeah. but so what yeah <laughs> like you telling me that you've learned that lesson all it does is it like tells me oh you have an alcohol yep. problem like so many other people but if do. you said
0: oh i haven't been drinking for the last three months it'd be like hmm okay
1: yeah when people say i don't drink yeah. anymore i go oh <laughs> okay like great uh, you you learned a lesson And did a thing about it, which makes me think that you actually learned the lesson all the way. And it shows like, instead of
0: discipline, commitment, I don't know, just a whole bunch of other stuff that comes along with it that you don't have to then waste the reader's time or beat them over the head by saying.
1: It's just one of a million examples of why showing is better than telling. Telling, you're making conclusions about shit that nobody else could possibly verify you know, or, or that, that, that don't have like actual real world. There's not a real world concrete example. You're just, you're just making claims. You're just telling me things. You're trying to force me to believe that you've learned these lessons and you could do it. You can do it frequently. You can actually do it in fewer words. You can say much more with in fewer words. If you show me actions That's it. (laughs) You know, I don't drink anymore is a very powerful statement. I don't need two paragraphs about your journey to get there. Yep. Just tell me you don't drink anymore. Um, and by the way, don't put any of that shit on your personal (laughs) statement. (laughs) Maybe if you don't drink it, I could see that actually, you know, the, I've been sober for four years. I, well, still, it's It's almost, it just brings too much attention
0: to when you weren't and you're Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Anyway, Brooke goes on. How do I reconcile this? Not include bullet points on the resume? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I don't think your resume doesn't need to have so much bullshit on it. Yeah. It, you, you know what you do when you have so many bullet points on your resume, then it hides the important shit. And so don't put a million bullet points.
0: This next question is funny.
1: Do college admissions representatives really not want to read about emotional states in any way? I suppose we should make it clear that we are not and have never been admissions folks. No,
0: but here's the thing. I was thinking about this. Um, The question is, do they really not want to read about them? Well, (laughs) I'm sure on some level it might be enjoyable. They might read them and be like, oh, well, that reveals how naive this person is. Deny right? It's not like they don't necessarily want to read them. It might help them make their decision, but not necessarily in the affirmative.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I also just, I want to go back to our advice from a moment ago, which is that facts about actions are so much more powerful than these claims about your emotional
0: states. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. I just funny. I think you ha- you have to think about it as also like a big minefield, right? Most people who say emotional states, they just they just come across as uh, naive about whatever they're talking about. They think it's so insightful, but it, it usually to someone who's 20 years older than them, it's like, I'm glad you figured that out.
1: Yeah, I mean, let me give you an example from a personal statement that I was reading just yesterday. Let me see if I can find this really quick. Um, Adaptation and change are necessary in any justice system, which is sure to have its challenges. (laughs) However, by bringing creative solutions to the table, a willingness to be flexible and an empathy for all involved, we can meet an evolving system in a way that produces positive and sustainable change.
0: Yawn what the
1: heck yeah and and that's not and it's not an explicit reference to like i feel or i learned or i think but that is absolutely all that is is an opinion of the writer yep like i'm not learning anything about what you've done instead i'm getting some like platitude about what you think about the
0: justice system. It's the disconnect of all between things. an elegant politician and a politician who gets shit done. <laughs> Other, the people write this, right? And it sounds good. And they're like, oh, look, look how look how, like thoughtful that is. And it's like, yeah, but what does that say about you? We don't know anything about you except that you can string well, together words.
1: And anybody could put that sentence exactly, in their personal yeah. statement. It's not personal. It's like, I I mean, you know, you think that you're telling me something about you by sharing your thoughts, you know, your opinions about the justice system. But I, and this goes back to your point about uh, being naive, is that the reader is like, I work at law schools. I've been doing this for 30 years. You're telling me about how adaptation and change are necessary in any justice system. (laughs) I'm like, it's like, well, I've been here for 30 years. Do you know anything
0: um, about our justice system, let alone all (laughs) the others in the world? (laughs) (laughs) This,
1: this broad claim, you know, it's just this broad opinion. It's like, well, okay, that's how you feel about it. Who cares how you feel about it? It, I just, it's, it would be so much more interesting if you tell me what you did about it. And, um, that's that's what we're saying um, you know it. so we do have this commandment of thoughts and feelings can be omitted from your personal statement but the point isn't so much thoughts and feelings are awful and they don't want to ever hear anything about that that's not what we're saying what we're saying is it would be far more powerful to use that real estate to talk about shit you actually did yeah that's what we're saying. Okay. Thank you, Brooke, for writing in. Thank you. Um, are we ready to do some of these actual personal statements? We have a whole bunch of them. I'll get my timer out so that we can give them each their uh, 10 minutes of fame. What do you say?
0: Six, maybe? What? Should we give them six minutes? Or is that too short?
1: Oh, <laughs> we're going to cut it down a little bit. We have bit. a bunch here, right? Um, let's try it. Yeah, we do have a super bunch. Let's try eight. Um, by the way, we we have a new set of procedures for this. Um, we've been putting quite a lot of effort actually into this. Not only on the podcast. Well, the podcast is easy, right? We read this shit and we kind of have a laugh and we give some advice and it's it's part of it's like entertainment. But I've also been writing my lessons uh, each week, a lot of them about personal statements. Ben's been working really hard on the new drilling, personal statement drilling tool that's inside of the demon. We've been creating resources that you can use to make your shit better. And we would like to have some assurances that you're actually using those resources that exist. And you probably, you know, people don't like clearly don't know about them but now in order to submit your personal statement to the show, we are no longer accepting them via email. We are accepting them via a web form and that is at lsat.link statement. That's where you go. You're going to have to answer some questions and those questions are going to refer you to lots of our resources. And if you answer no to those questions, then we're just not gonna read your statement. Um, because we have too many of them in the queue already, and we're going to ask you to try to follow our advice before you submit the statement. We appreciate it. Thank you for submitting, but please use those existing resources before you do. Yeah. So it's lsat.link statement. And if you
0: go there and you are able to answer yes to those questions, like, yeah, I've done this and I've done that, um, hopefully we'll get better statements on the show we'll see
1: well yeah because that's another like we had that question last week right like hey why don't you ever share good personal statements on the show and i'm like because no one ever submits a good personal (laughs) statement it's like super super rare um yeah we are harsh critics but it's just very rare that anything meets our standards um all right ready to do sam's let's do it I'm a chemistry major and collegiate baseball player. Okay. My baseball career has not been defined by my on-field successes. I haven't thrown a single inning in three seasons on the varsity team. However, I have lettered each season and earned three academic all-conference awards.
0: Um, I'm not sure why he threw in the negative information about himself. Like, I don't, like, it it all of a sudden, like, kind of lets me, like, I don't really follow baseball, but I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what this totally means, but it sounds like you weren't successful. (laughs) Why do I need to know about that?
1: Uh, Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm hoping that it's going to be like a, I've tried my damnedest. I love baseball Uh, for whatever reason. I haven't, like, been out there. Maybe injury or something. Uh, But what I'm hoping is... A, it's This is going to become a demonstration of, hey, the life of a student-athlete, and I've been kicking ass as a student part of the student-athlete. Yeah. Right? I like this three academic all-conference awards. And so I'm willing to allow the like, hey, I'm a student-athlete, but it ain't about the athlete part. Hmm. Um, anyway, I don't hate it. The sentences are short. Um, I is the subject of three of those four sentences, which is pretty good. Yep. Um, I think the worst sentence there is the one that doesn't have I as the subject, by the way, my baseball career has not been defined by my on field successes. It's like, okay, so you're tell you're telling me it's just a negative. It's a, it's, it's a, you're telling me that something is not the case. Yep. Right. And And you're making my baseball career the subject of the sentence, which is just kind of like, what? My baseball career is not a thing. Okay. But anyway, you can't have I as the subject of every sentence. Yeah. we do need a mix. So okay, my typical in day, sorry, my typical day in season consists of a six am. workout, class practice, and homework. Being on the team includes both a fall and spring season that two spaces sure is two spaces after that sentence
0: also notice that sentence being on the team <laughs> that's this-
1: a terrible sentence yeah like that you're right the subject of the sentence is being on the team you could say we have a fall and spring season or
0: i play fall and spring or something yeah
1: yeah um anyway in the fall i practice in scrimmage for six weeks before the snow flies
0: flies falls flies
1: <laughs> falls yeah in the spring I play 40 games in the span of two and a half months. every weekend from March through May is filled with baseball games At the division three level all program money is raised through fundraising and no scholarships are awarded. <laughs> what do you do I mean I mean yeah baseball season
0: lots of games okay
1: It's baseball is like the subject of that whole paragraph right It's not like I do this and I do that here's what I'm working on instead it's like Baseball is baseball. Uh, Anyway, third paragraph. I walked onto the team when I started college. I came from a small town with no exposure to collegiate coaches. I think you can omit that. I was never recruited and never met the coach or any of my teammates prior to arrival. Seems kind of redundant. Despite this, I made the Florida travel roster the following spring. You know, that's an achievement that Sam is proud of. I feel like it's maybe wasting a little too much space. Like when you say you walked on and made the team, that's pretty cool.
0: That's cool, and that's enough by itself. You like you're you're beating up right. on, I don't know, it's like there's too much. And now, so here's the problem with saying too much about something. You should only say a lot about something that's valuable. So the more you say about it, the more you're building it up. And it's like, at the end, what is the accomplishment we're talking about? Walking on and making it, great.
1: Yeah, which you could have said in a small, one yep. sentence. But this, this is a whole paragraph that could be one Also, sentence. I'm
0: like, I have this minor disconnect. I'm like, okay, your baseball success was not on the field, but now you're like pretty proud that you made the team. I, I don't know. I, I would like to get through this faster. Yeah.
1: Coming off what I considered to be a successful season, even though I didn't pitch in a game, I tore my meniscus while weightlifting the following fall, attempting to add velocity and see the field what
0: see the field like get exposure
1: i'm a baseball guy so i understand you a pitcher lifting weights to add velocity to his pitches. i get that and see the field
0: he wanted to play
1: no idea what that means you got like one reader on the planet who understands what that means it's like your coach uses that phrase. Nobody else does. I don't know. Due to conflicting diagnoses, I was not operated on until the beginning of my sophomore season four months later and missed the entire year. At this point, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like what? You, you already told me that you didn't pitch. <laughs> tearing like, tearing your need... meniscus
0: is not a point in your favor no, for law school. No, it's not. It really Not getting is not. operated on right away is not a point in your favor for law school. I, I don't yeah. understand why we're getting these facts. Uh, okay, the phone rings. I don't understand. What's either? up, Nathan?
1: Uh, we got this guy. He uh p- plays baseball, but he doesn't actually play.
0: <laughs> he got hurt, and then
1: he tore he tore his meniscus. Okay, uh, yeah, I I get nothing out of that. It's like not a good anecdote. It's like not a fun story. There's nothing happening. There's no action other than an injury during weightlifting. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Anyway. Um, the pandemic forced me to have a partial rehab I recovered and was effective nonetheless and and was effective comma nonetheless what and competed at a high level in practices and scrimmages but went another season this time as an upperclassman without getting a single in-game Dude, pitch
0: I've heard that 3 times now all I, want, I know. all I know about you is you never threw to a pitch, pitch.
1: I walked on to my division three team, got hurt, never pitched. You know, it says something. It does say something, Sam, that you're continuing to go when you're continuing to do it. And if you if you had all that in two sentences, I would be like, dude, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. When you make it a whole fucking page, I'm like, what? Why are you focusing so much on the fact that you didn't pitch? Anyway, when not playing ball, my focus is on chemistry. And, you know, half of your readers who don't give a shit about baseball or hate baseball are like, dude, your entire focus should be on chemistry. You're a college student. What are you doing? Why are you wasting your time out there? But anyway, we got this trans transition now. In the fall of my junior year, I was nominated for a local internship by the chemistry department faculty. I performed quality control and assurance for three months at a car wash product manufacturing plant. I tested and approved products and raw materials such as phosphoric, sulfuric, and soft acid. In my time as an intern, I also designed and created my own product by scaling down a factory batch. That could be cool. Instead of selling a green-colored mint-smelling soap, I, arranged, I designed an orange-colored raspberry-smelling version of it on a much smaller scale. It passed all necessary tests for field use as well
0: wow, all of a sudden these sentences started to pick up, right, it's like, I did this, I did that, I did this. I mean, I know it's at a car wash, but like I'm finally seeing uh, Sam win.
1: Yeah, and we're out of time here, Sam. I think you get, you get like a full page of you not playing baseball and that needs to be like two sentences and you need to go way more into what you actually did. I I don't wanna hear so much. I didn't pitch, I didn't pitch, I didn't pitch but that's it. We're yep, out of time. You're ready to move it. on for E. All right. You're up.
0: E. My name is redacted. So E apparently, and I'm a mentor and tutor at NPO, a community center that services underprivileged and at-risk youth in the neighborhood I grew up in. Again, redacted. Uh, whoa, that's a weird beginning my name is
1: you don't need to say my name is at the beginning it's going to have your name and your lsac number at the in the yeah. header so your your first sentence does not say my name is okay
0: so if you just started with i'm a mentor and tutor at this community center okay now i have a picture of you being Great. mentoring and tutoring you could even say that i mentor and tutor underprivileged youth at this community and right. I, I would like that better
1: it's I would like that better as well. You could use mentor and tutor both as verbs. Um, I, and I like it that it's a one sentence standalone opening paragraph. It feels pretty strong to me. I, you know, if the phone rings right now, I'd be like, Oh, tutor and mentor at a community thing. I got it. Like I, you know,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: Boy, if all I had was that your LSAT and your GPA, if your LSAT and your GPA are good, I'd be like, yeah, great. Probably in. Yep. Uh, all right, second paragraph. Yeah,
0: he continues. When I began high school, ooh, we're going back what? in time. I was physically and verbally bullied almost every day to the point where police and the school's administration needed to get involved.
1: You just went from a clear admit to a clear deny. Yep. Uh, that was one sentence that you should not have shared with me. You went from a winner to, I'm not saying you're a loser because you were physically and verbally bullied almost every day. But that is not a point in your favor. No.
0: that is being bullied is not a good thing, and it's also no, the beginning of high school. So now we're going back to you being a freshman in high school. I'm seeing a young kid getting right. I pushed see you around now as a child. in the halls of high yeah. school. How do I want to be like? Now the phone rings. I'm like, oh, should I get that high schooler that was bullied? Yep, let's admit you. No. Well,
1: the and also by the way, this is the police and the school's administration. You sound like a problem. You sound like. Yeah, I'm an, I'm an, I am a school administrator, right? Who's reading this. I'm either, I'm in the admissions department or I'm a faculty member or whatever. And it's like, huh, do I want to talk to the police about one of my students getting bullied? No, I don't. And I'm not saying that bullying isn't a problem. Of course, I'm on your side. This is sad. It sucks. I hope you got all the help you needed and whatever. It's a fucking tragedy but I'm not here to learn about your tragedies. That's not, that's, you're just not putting your best we foot We have a page in a Anyway, half. continue.
0: I transferred to another school after that year and shortly thereafter began attending the youth programs at this NPO where I met, where I was met with friendship, mentorship, and kindness.
1: That's nice. It's not about you nope, taking any it's actions. it's about what
0: happened to you as opposed to what you did. Contrasting my early high school experience NPO was a place where I could be myself and feel safe. Great. I participated in the center's homework and recreational program five nights a week and volunteered for community events for the remainder of my high school experience.
1: Still, we're still talking about high high school. school. You shouldn't even be talking about college, probably. I think you're probably an adult person. I don't don't want to hear about your
0: school shit. And then this, this goes back in time even more. As a youth, it was easy to take these, or I guess maybe this is still the same time period, but as a youth, it was easy to take these resources for granted and view volunteer work as a chore. Those are not points in your favor.
1: <laughs> you just invited me to consider you taking things for granted.
0: And view volunteer work as a chore. And view
1: volunteering as a chore. Why do you think that that's a good thing? I mean, I understand that you're trying to tell me, oh, but I, it, I'm different now because I'm an adult.
0: Why do I have to hear about you growing up? Nope, don't I, don't need to. As an adult, <laughs> and that's weird too. Most adults don't call themselves adults. As an adult and staff member, not only am I appreciative of MPO, but I truly see the feelings. value of community engagement and how it can uplift others' thoughts. thoughts. Yep.
1: You know, it's all what's going on inside E's head. Not what do you do?
0: Because of how much of an impact MPO has had on me as a youth, I decided that I wanted to contribute to that impact by becoming <laughs> a mentor and tutor myself and helping others the same way that I was helped. Look, <sighs> by God, cut that yeah, whole paragraph. That everything sucks. needs to go. The fact, if you had changed, if you had just tweaked your first sentence, which actually is not bad, we get rid of your name thing, but if you just said, I mentor and tutor underprivileged and at risk youth at this community center, I would be like, okay, you clearly care about that stuff. You didn't need to tell me this whole story to tell me that you care about it. I don't give a fuck why you care about it. <laughs> you all, I already believe yeah. you that you care
1: about it to, because of your because actions. Because you're doing it. You don't it. have to sell me. like. And also, you know, what fucking difference does it make? What if you were a super privileged white guy?
0: And you're doing it. All I really care about is do you have the chops to succeed in law school? And being a tutor slightly suggests that you
1: might. It, yeah. Like I want to hear what you do at the community center. I don't really care why you're there. Your personal origin story of how you came to be, you know, you could be like a, you could be a super wealthy privileged white male and do this yeah. or you could be a totally disadvantaged whatever and bullied and all these problems and like that either way I'm not sure it's relevant because what what's relevant it's not how you feel about it, it's what you do about it and I just that's a that whole paragraph is wasted. Um we're out of time, but I, I feel like we should give maybe a little more. here. OK, I will
0: say oddly, too, the first paragraph was one sentence. The next paragraph was pretty long, which we're going to cut entirely. And this next paragraph is almost the entire statement. I, I don't understand why you don't have any paragraph
1: breaks. That's a huge wall of text here. After, yeah.
0: I, after being a participant and volunteer for six years, I was hired in 19, or sorry 2018 as a staff member. Okay, again.
1: Wait, stop talking about getting hired. We don't want to hear about interviews. We don't want to hear about job offers. We don't want to hear about the moment when you we got don't hired. About the year.
0: <laughs> yeah. I worked five nights a week while earning my undergraduate degree, not only because I wanted to be there as much as possible, but also because I had to support myself financially. Parentheses
1: parentheses this is terribly it's so way too long the sentence is so long
0: my work schedule is also the reason why for for why i took a reduced course load throughout my undergraduate degree from five to four courses per semester wow you you have this like fear that they're gonna look at your transcript and and wonder what happened and now you feel the need to explain it at the end of a sentence in a parenthetical (laughs) don't omit
1: You're protesting too much. If you feel like you need to explain weird things about your transcript or your resume, you can do that in an addendum. Your personal statement is supposed to be a sales pitch for you. Why do every, like everybody does this, man. They all just keep going back to the worst things. We've, this is three in a row. We've got, because we had the questions from Brooke which were like, I'm worried about, I was a mom and there's this gap on my resume. So I'm going to talk about that in my personal statement. Then we've got Sam who's tearing his meniscus and not pitching. Then we've got E who's weirdly explaining their d- drop, taking fewer courses, which nobody's even going to notice. Who cares? Yeah.
0: You know, what's crazy is that you know yourself a thousand times better than anyone else on this planet and you're hypersensitive to your failings, but. No one's aware of it, and no one even wants to hear about it. What they want to hear about is you succeeding, but you're so self-conscious of it that you just, I guess, feel compelled to, quote, tell the truth or something. It's like they feel like like everybody's watching and seeing that failure as opposed to realizing that everybody's just busy and wants to know how you succeed in life.
1: I don't think we have, we can't read the rest of this wall of text. Second, this third paragraph is like just wildly too long. It's by itself. It's one paragraph that is like 75% of the statement. Nobody's going to read all those They wouldn't even
0: read it. I don't think they would see it and go see ya after the first two paragraphs.
1: But, but skimming down, you know, I, I see a lot of telling with, um, it has. This has taught me how to be a leader, how to lead with compassion and kindness, and how I can use my trauma to help guide others through their own challenges. For these reasons, I look at my time at this place with gratitude and pride. My traumatic experience and how this organization helped me cope with it has contributed to my decision to go to law school— but, I mean, E is just violating every one of our rules. Uh, like, this, this, this person has taken none of our yep. advice.
0: <laughs> and then they apparently at the very end, they have a why law school sentence that is generic to any law school and then says, thank you for considering my statement and application. Okay. You have a whole blog post on the last sentence.
1: Yeah, you you definitely do not need an ending.
0: If if you guys have not heard, go to blog.lsatdemon.com. and in the search bar put personal statement and you will see Nathan's as of today, 3 maybe 4 articles on personal statements including one that says why you probably don't need an ending, especially an ending that says thank you.
1: Yeah, E says I've read the demon blog post on personal statements and wrote my statement with this advice and structure in mind. But yeah, there are several blog posts and I definitely think you're ignoring half of what we've said. I mean, you know, I'm more concerned about having a good personal statement than a personal statement that I think is good. Well, that's good. Okay, so E is demonstrating like a willingness to improve. Yeah. But this is a base. this is a, Complete tear down, rebuild. We, we're we're cutting all. Your that first sentence is a good start. Start over. <laughs> so
0: at least you got okay, that. Okay, keep that. Yeah, Haley.
1: Yep. Um. Sorry, I'm gonna start the timer over. Eight minutes, I think, is probably generous. <laughs> Haley's personal statement: I work as a legal assistant at Vivint Smart Home. When I started as a customer service representative in 2018, technicians were making multiple trips to resolve outdoor camera issues at clients' homes costing Vivint $500 per visit. The cost increased if a technician needed to replace parts or make repairs. To control cameras from inside a home, the technician adds a Wi-Fi extender called a repeater for each camera. When a client had multiple cameras, our technicians, customers, and customer service representatives could not distinguish which repeater needed work. And that's the end of the first paragraph.
0: Like, uh, uh, what do you do? I don't I...
1: Yeah, it's a lengthy it's a lengthy introduction to a problem that I don't care about. I guess you're going to tell me that you solved that problem. I I see Haley trying to do what we've advised. Yeah. It's but it's it is way too much about a technical issue that I don't like what? Okay. And that's the whole first paragraph. I don't know. I
0: The more you say about it, the more of a drum roll we're getting. The more of like, okay, what are you going to do to solve this enormous problem?
1: This better be a huge, uh, amazing solution. I suggested the technicians use white electrical tape and a black Sharpie to identify the repeaters. It worked. Installation costs stayed the same and customer satisfaction soared. The call centers were able to effectively address issues and reduce the overhead cost of time spent troubleshooting over the phone. The protocol was launched in late 2019, and this became a proactive step in reducing the number of technicians who had to visit clients' homes right as the lockdown started due to COVID-19. Not sure what that has to do with anything. Overall, it saved the company thousands of dollars per state per month, Vivint plans to finish implementing it across the fifty U.S. states and Canada, and that's the end of the second paragraph. (laughs) It so (laughs) you solved a problem, Haley, but I feel like you're overselling this solution protocol. Like you're a legal assistant.
0: And you came up with an engineering solution.
1: (laughs) You came up with a very lo-fi, smart, uh, don't get me wrong. It's a great fucking idea. I mean, I'm surprised that these engineers were not already doing this. You figured this out. Oh, you figured it out when you were a customer service rep back in 2018. So this is like a four-year-old story about... A very mundane fix. It's like, well, you could take some white tape and a black sharpie and write the thing and put it on there. <laughs> and this it is kind of amazing that it got implemented. It's getting implemented across all the 50 states <laughs> and Canada.
0: It sounds almost like there was a committee waiting to decide whether they should do it or not. It's it's weird. It's, it's like it should have been implemented instantly. <laughs> been like, oh yeah, well everybody over there uses white tape and. <laughs> Sharpies, like oh
1: yeah, it right it 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 does. It's like part of me is just like, well, I mean, cool. That's a great idea. And of course, they would instantly start doing that if they had never thought of it before. But you know, I I don't know. The fact that you had one good idea four years ago.
0: I don't think it merits two paragraphs.
1: I don't think it merits put the first two paragraphs of your Not the first statement. two, yeah.
0: The other problem is there's not a <laughs> like, lot that you did here, right? Like you had an uh, epiphany.
1: Hey, phone just rings, Ben. You get called down the hall. <laughs> I'm like, hey, what's going on with you? You got to get any good applications I on your I'd be like, desk? well, I'm
0: mildly confused because I have a legal assistant who's solving engineering problems with black t- white tape and a Sharpie. <laughs> um, cool. <laughs> like, yeah, if
1: you need if you're installing Wi-Fi cameras around your house and you need somebody who is going to one time four years ago come up with a clever idea.
0: Maybe Haley's the one. I mean, one point in Haley's favor is that all of these sentences, I think you need to work on your content, but all these sentences are clear and well written. So she, yeah. she knows how to write. <laughs> yeah, it, she does. And I
1: think she's going to be just fine. I just, I just think that probably, I'm sorry, Haley, I don't, the fact that this protocol was implemented across all 50 u.s states and canada um that's great but i just don't know that it's worthy of even being included yeah i don't know like what are you gonna being the yeah you're gonna bring it
0: down to three sentences and then what's it gonna be (laughs) i thought of an idea that's pretty
1: yeah one time i came up with a cool idea with a sharpie and some tape i don't know admit me to law school (laughs) it's no yeah it Anyway, what else does Haley got? Since my promotion to legal assistant, don't really need to hear about the promotion. You already said you were a legal assistant. Now you're telling me since my promotion to legal assistant in November of 2020, which is on your resume and who cares? Yep. I have responded to subpoenas, court orders, and warrants. See, Recently, a law firm in Illinois advertised their ability to arbitrate and win cases against Vivint. Within one week, seven of their clients from across the country submitted arbitration cases so you're defending this company against these attacks of course that's what you do you're in the in-house legal department at Vivent. i contacted outside counsel that could advise us in all seven states to avoid potential income for the opposing law firm Vivint attorneys moved forward with arbitration rather than settlement. So you're fighting them on it. And you're like, all right, fuck you guys. We're not just going to settle. We're not going to give you fuel. We're going to see how long you're willing to fight this out in arbitration. Okay. I met with outside counsel's attorneys and paralegals to answer how our sales representatives explain contracts, how we set up an account, what policies and procedures protect the company and the customer, and how we establish payment for services and equipment. In all seven cases, the customer claimed we were charging them after they had canceled the service. I gathered digitally signed contracts and recorded verbal contracts outlining the agreements, term length, and cancellation process. Alarm history records showed some customers continued to use the equipment and services services after their alleged cancellation date. I pulled every inbound and outbound call to check for the evidence that each client understood their agreement. I don't hate it. Of the seven arbitration cases, we offered four clients cancellation at no penalty as a courtesy. They accepted. Opposing counsel withdrew two of the cases. We settled the remaining case. Since these cases concluded, Vivant has received no further arbitration or legal complaints from that law firm. I look forward to continuing my legal career by studying litigation, specifically prosecution and criminal law.
0: It's not horrible. Uh, At the end, I I think um, there's so if I were so we have all these different degrees of quality, right? And I would say that Haley's is is higher. It still needs some work. I would I would love a little bit more few a few more sentences with her doing something. A lot of the almost every other sentence, it like shifts back to her firm and what they're doing as opposed to what she's doing. And so I wanted the foot or the other, or the other firm, firm, what the other firm yeah. is
1: doing instead of what you're actually doing.
0: Um, but uh, your writing style is clear. There's a few things I would probably change, but overall, this is this this second half of your statement could be expanded, refined, and this could be one of the better statements we've seen.
1: It's already one of the better statements that we've for sure read today. Yeah. But also, yeah, it's a. B minus right now. I think the first two paragraphs probably got to go. The whole electrical tape, black sharpie thing, I think is just there's way too much. It's taken up too much real estate that you could. Well, yeah, talk I think. About in, keep in mind, more lawyer shit.
0: Two paragraphs, and you you are the subject of one of them, one of the sentences, and there's so much mm-hmm. more that like you did one thing, and then you talked two paragraphs about all the information.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the uh, one sentence. I'll read it again. The one sentence uh, conclusion here. I, I look forward to continuing my legal career by studying litigation, specifically prosecution and criminal law. It's like, well, you're already working in one area of the law and now you are you want to study more about that. But also you're specifically interested in criminal prosecution. Um, I think she... It's, it makes me... Yeah. You sound like you've thought about it. You,
0: you sound like you've thought about it and you, you have some credibility to say this because you're obviously involved in litigation and somewhat familiar with this. I could see people who have no connection saying something like this and it's kind of like, hmm, what, like, do you even know what you want? But
1: yeah, I mean just overall, like my assessment, I, I read that and I go, yeah, I, I basically believe mm-hmm. you. Like I, believe in you you know Like, think you're probably gonna be successful Um, yeah yeah pretty good all right emmanuel okay wednesday april is it me it's me
0: i think it's wait me but that's okay
1: oh sorry no it's you (laughs) sorry
0: (laughs) wow this is really specific (laughs)
1: yeah emmanuel here we go wednesday april
0: 13th 2011 wow okay started like any other humid day during Nigeria's rainy season. Merchants tending to their shops, teachers bargaining with taxi drivers on their way to work, and school children filling the morning air with laughter during their commute to school. Ring, I'm out of here. That's not a sentence. I'm, it doesn't matter. I'm like, yeah. what? None of this is about you. Well, it's also not a sentence. <laughs> Just a bunch of fragments strung together.
1: Right. It's All that is, is it's, it's subjects. I mean... If you change it to merchants tended to their shops, teachers bargained bargained with taxi drivers, Mm -hmm. school children filled, then it would be a sentence. But it's not a sentence because merchants tending to their shops is just a, it's an idea. It's a phrase. It's a a subject, I guess, but there's no verb.
0: Um, I hate it though so far. Your first sentence is a total waste. It takes me back 10 years. I don't care about
1: Yeah, 10 years ago on a particular day, and what did it do? It started like any other day. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> then why are you... What?
0: Yeah. And I still don't know don't anything even, about yeah. you. I, you have not entered the picture at all. Nope. The the star
1: of the show has not yet come on to stage.
0: Around this time of year, students in the ninth grade were ecstatic about transitioning into the senior secondary phase of their education. Still not about you. No star oh, of the show. Here we yeah. go. I was one of these students, wide eyed and highly optimistic about the endless possibilities that could be my future. Boo. Boo, you're a ninth, you're a ninth grader.
1: <laughs> it's just, a, yeah, like, okay, so you're a ninth grader in Nigeria. You gave me just totally irrelevant scene setting about merchants and teachers and whatever I don't that huh <laughs> and and all you're doing is you're you're telling me that you were ecstatic about transitioning into the senior secondary phase of their education. It is a cool time of life. I talked to my uh, ninth grade niece just mm. last night and she's a brand new freshman in high school and she's like all excited about it and doing all these things and it's it is it's it's a super cool time of life right so. <laughs> we've all been ninth graders. So what?
0: Yeah. As the dusk approached and families started to settle in for the evening, I waited on the front porch of our house for my father to return home from his duties as the city mayor. Ooh, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. This was an activity. I looked forward to every evening. However, the torrential rainfall and the eerie howling of the wind on that night made me feel uneasy. As the headlights of my father's car illuminated the gate while the horn blared, I sprinted under the pouring rain towards the, open, the gate to open it. Nothing could have prepared me for what was on the other side of the gate. No, what is this? It's like some like cinematic story. relevant to law school. I swung both handles of the cast iron gate open, and in a matter of seconds, the deafening sound of AK-47 bullets threw me into the into a sensory overload Whew. okay i threw myself to the muddy ground and crawled back to our house through a foot high mixture of rainwater and mud as the ballistic assault on my father's car continued i look i looked into in the direction of the car's headlights and walked towards them at that moment, I couldn't let him die alone and was prepared to do what I could to save his life, even if that meant losing mine. My cousin restrained me, saving my life that night. Miraculously, everyone in my father's car escaped unscathed, but the effects of that night would leave me with debilitating migraines and nightmares for most of my adolescent life. <laughs> Traumatic experience, that sucks, man. Um, I'm not sure how it's a point in your favor for law school.
1: It super sucks. It's a super bummer. But if I'm building a squad of winners for my law school, people who are gonna kill in my law school. Yeah. I just don't see how this story from ten years ago, when you were a ninth grader, it it's like I, I know your LSAT and I know your GPA. And I know you're, I've got your transcript and your resume. And you're the last thing I, you know, phone rings and I leave. I, 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 I'm distracted and I, I'm going to come like, how am I going to explain Emmanuel to someone else on the admissions committee? Well, the last thing I just heard was debilitating migraines and nightmares for most of my adolescent life. And, and. You've chosen Emmanuel to introduce yourself to me in this way. Like this is what you're leading with. You did it, not me. Yeah. So the only thing I know about you is that somebody tried to blast your dad with an AK-47, and you had then debilitating migraines and nightmares. And I'm, I, I you know, I, I'm inferring that you've had probably like trauma and probably still do. It's the first thing you're telling me, a complete stranger, about you. He, Uh, like, what? Where's the selling point? Like, uh, like, okay, I. So, yeah, we should. This guy's going to definitely be successful because somebody tried to kill his dad.
0: Nope. If anything, the most logical conclusion would be that you may not be up for the task. We don't know.
1: It's uh, yeah. I just don't feel like it's a good choice. I mean, it could certainly be like a diversity statement or, or something, I guess. But like. I don't know. You telling me about your your the worst thing that ever happened to you is like not probably a your best pickup line. He- ben always <laughs> likes to bring up the, you know, if you're telling a random stranger this stuff in the yeah. bar. You know, like, are you because you're like you're looking for pity? I don't think you actually are, but that is how it kind of comes off. It's just like, oh man, that's fucking terrible. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, I'll admit you. Like, no, that's not. That, that's not the analysis that they're going to do. Anyway.
0: Uh, he continues. I moved to the United States in 2016. Okay. Five years later. The migraines, shell shock, and nightmares that I experienced after that night were challenges I had to overcome during my final years of high school. More significant challenges arose when my mother passed away from core, core, cancer. What's that?
1: Oh, come on. Okay. That's uh, right there. Goodbye. Like I'm done. Uh, You, you, I was, it's already marginally oversharing for you to tell me about your dad almost getting killed. You then going into also my mom died of specifically colorectal Colorectal. cancer. That's butt cancer, Ben. (laughs) Why am I hearing about your mom's butt cancer? It's sad. It's sad. I don't want to be sad though.
0: Well, it's, um, regardless of how you want to feel about it, it's not a point in your fa- How does that what is that? <laughs> we talk about these points and this is not a point. No. It doesn't you, qualify I, you for I, law school.
1: Emmanuel has made literally zero points in in his favor, his own is like just not making a case. It's like, look at this really horrifying, terrible thing that happened for the first two paragraphs. And look at the bad lasting effects on me. Then here's this other worst thing that ever happened. Maybe even worse because your mom actually died of butt cancer while you were in college. Yeah. And that's what you're telling me. Like you're that's you advocating for yourself. You're not doing a good job of advocating for yourself it's just not, you're not sharing relevant facts that are beneficial yeah. to you. Uh,
0: Your time is up. Uh, I was going to read a little bit more, but even the next sentence is just a mental state. So I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, it, it, it transitions weirdly into this whole rhapsodizing about how great the United States is.
0: Yeah. And ending with a quote from Obama. Yes, we can. That was a his campaign slogan. Okay.
1: Ben. <laughs> Do you see the squiggly underlines on Barack? Oops. Yeah, it's an it's a misspelling yeah. of Barack in Barack Obama. Yeah.
0: You can't do that.
1: Why are you even talking about Barack Obama? We're, you know, like, what have you learned about Emmanuel? You've learned that Emmanuel has had some serious bad shit happen. Yep. And Emmanuel, though, really likes the United States. And then a whole bunch of just like you know this the rule of law is the cornerstone of this nation's democracy come on
0: as an attorney I want to be among the group of legal professionals tasked with protecting the rule of law on which our country depends just a grand like claim of justice and and looks naive right
1: like your your reader who works at an actual law school and produces actual lawyers is like well no no Like are the people who go on and be successful fight over money, like protecting the rule of law. What does that even mean? (laughs) I'm sorry, Emmanuel. I, I I, I think this is another like reboot start over. I don't, I'm not seeing Ben. Is there anything here that you would keep?
0: I scanning all this stuff. Nothing. It seems like a, a rah, rah for America. Look, he says this, as a chemical engineer working with artificial intelligence, I can attest to the rapid development and improvement of machine learning (laughs) and artificial... Okay, well, uh, thanks for that uh, That uh, attesting, but... For the love of
1: God, (laughs) please fucking tell me about your work as a chemical engineer who
0: works with artificial intelligence. That is some serious shit. That's hard to do. (laughs) Oh,
1: please tell me that story. Please do not tell me about your dad almost getting killed. Please do not tell me about your mom's butt cancer and dying. Please don't rhapsodize about democracy and the rule of law and blah, blah, blah. Please tell me about your very, sounds
0: like, super badass work. As a chemical engineer, which by itself is hard, with arti- working with artificial intelligence. Hopefully you've actually done something there. If you have, talk about it. Also,
1: why law school? Boy, why? why law school? I, I want to read. I, I definitely, Emmanuel, please, if you're not already unsubscribed to us, <laughs> if <laughs> please. Write a personal statement about what you do at work. Yeah. And submit that to the yep. show. Again, the way you do that is lSAT.link slash statement. Take our advice. Cut all the sad shit. Cut all the rhapsodizing. Tell me a story of your feet on the ground doing this really important work. And then I'm hopefully gonna infer from all that, like, oh wow, this person is a total badass. Then we can have the part of the conversation where I go, why are you going to waste your talents on law school when you could instead work in (laughs) chemical engineering slash artificial intelligence slash machine learning? Like, please do that work instead. But anyway. Yep. Ashley, it's me, huh? It is you. In my second year as a planner, I led a community process to draft the first zoning bylaw to regulate recreational marijuana newly legalized in the state. To start, I dove into studying the various marijuana license categories that had been created, including retail operations, manufacturing, research, and product development. That's the first paragraph. What are you thinking?
0: Not bad, actually. She's telling us something she's doing, and it, it it's law-related, not that it needs to be by any means, but it's law-related. At the same time, it doesn't feel like she's trying to pretend... <laughs> to be an attorney. She apparently drafted the first zoning bylaw. Okay, that sounds like something someone might do. It's not like she's I, I believe her, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Are we worried about the weed I was part thinking
0: of it? about that. Um I don't know. I mean these things are people people have to deal with the legalization of marijuana, right? And this is how people are dealing with it. Maybe it's a good thing. They're regulating it.
1: I, I do though. I you know, and I could be totally wrong about this, but I think most readers are going to read that and they're going to go, "Oh, so she's pro weed, yeah, pro legalization. Yeah. She's into it." If there's
0: something else that you could write about that might be safer.
1: <laughs> I, I I am not going to hold it against her yeah. that she's pro weed. I'm wearing a hat from a fucking weed dispensary. Like I'm I'm, you know, I'm the first person who's going to be like, "Oh, cool. Great. That said, law is pretty damn conservative and like I could see, I mean, certainly some law schools probably like if she's applying to law school in Mississippi or whatever, they're just going to be like, Nope,
0: we don't do that shit Um, here.
1: (laughs) No, we don't do that shit here. But anyway, um, let's see what else she has to say. I reached out to fellow. I, um,
0: I would cut things like in my second year as a planner, you could just say, last year i led a community process to draft the fr- like i don't need to know about you being a planner and how long you've been a planner it's just it's a distraction
1: yeah true I reached out to fellow planners in states that had already legalized marijuana to ask them for any lessons learned. From these conversations, I took away that towns wished they'd included provisions to limit the density of retail marijuana establishments after watching businesses in their community be displaced by marijuana retail operators with strong financial backing
0: you almost lost your breath
1: very yeah. long sentence needs to be cut into at least it needs to be
0: cut down but i do i like where this is going actually because me too before it was like okay you're pro marijuana now you just sound like someone who's dealing with the realities of a state that has just legalized this you're like hey how do we deal with this i'm going to deal with it i yeah
1: and and maybe re Rein reimagine the first paragraph mm. because when she when she said I led a community process to draft it sounds like she's like a bylaw or something yeah well it's like she's getting the law yeah. passed but what's what really happened was my state legalized marijuana and as a planner yeah I then had to deal with that yeah
0: that's a much safer position to be in because now you're not you're not taking sides you're just a judge you're just adjudicating the system or the process
1: yeah I I just I don't want to see you with like a weed you know I I don't want to see the weed patch that you have (laughs) on your backpack or whatever like I want I would prefer that you're like a city planner yeah and oh shit, my state just legalized marijuana. I don't need any of your opinion. No, no, on we that don't need you
0: coming on the other side and saying, "Oh, I regret I, the fact no, that marijuana has been legalized." I don't want it.
1: I don't want it either yep. way. I just want like the professional challenge of my state legalized weed, and then how do shit. I deal
0: with that? Well,
1: mm-hmm. we're gonna have to do some things, right? And and this is I love actually where this yeah. is going theme wise. At, if we do that, then theme-wise, this is one of the best statements we've ever read because it's like, well, reached out to other towns that had this recent, you very know, their smart, state also legalized it, and here's what they had to do, and what this is what we learned, you know, unexpected shit that they had to go through, and so now we can plan for that. It's all I great, could see someone else saying,
0: I soon realized the importance of talking to others to figure, figure out what is important. It's like, right. don't tell us that. By just saying she reached out, she yells at us. I understand it's important to get the advice of people who have experience. It makes you look like a badass. Yeah, just
1: I reached out <laughs> rather than I decided that I should probably. I felt that if I reached out. I realized out, the then, importance like, of. No. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. No, I reached out to fellow planners. Well, did. Well, oh. Because, well, that was a smart thing to do. Like, you don't need to explain your whole thought process. Yeah, she's doing a really great job with that part. That sentence, though, the one it's I just long. read, I almost ran yeah. out of breath before I got done with it, which means it's way too long. Okay, third paragraph. I conducted site visits to grow and manufacture facilities. Wouldn't you say manufacturing well, I don't know. Grow and manufacture facilities—is
0: that a thing? Why? Why do you need to say both? In most cases, it's like okay, manufacturing. I get it. You're making them.
1: You could just say grow grow facilities, yeah. or farms. Or weed <laughs> is manufactured. Yeah, sure, it is. But yeah, I conducted site visits to grow facilities in other towns and observed potential impacts on the surrounding neighborhoods, such as increased noise, odor, and traffic. I reached out to a company that tested finished marijuana products for toxins and was invited to visit their laboratory of the marijuana related uses. This seemed to be the least impactful to the neighborhood and offered the, uh, and offered an opportunity to grow t- the town's commercial tax base. These findings informed the zoning districts within the town where these uses would be permitted. I feel like it's a little hard to understand what she's really saying yeah. there, but I I like the thought behind it. It's like she realized that, Hey, you know, if we allow grow operations, yeah. the neighbors are going to be like, dude, now my whole wheat neighborhood smells like weed. Yeah. If we allow dispensaries, then the, they're going to take over cause they dispensaries make so much money and there's going to be nothing but dispensaries in this yeah. area. If we allow companies that do testing of finished products, that's a way that we can allow this business inside my town, and get the commercial taxes off of that without pissing off everybody else in the whole town. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool.
0: She, she needs so to explain this better. Right. And yeah, it took, yeah,
1: I, I shouldn't have to do that, you know, heavy lifting for her to fit, to sort it out. But that's what she's talking about. I think about.
0: part of the problem here too, is she's a planner and I think planners talk, they use the word impact and impactful a lot because mm. they're talking about impacts as a noun. Just yeah. use the normal word. How does this affect your citizens?
1: hmm I wonder if she should have chosen if we're just talking about specifics of word choice, I wonder if she should have chosen cannabis here in some instances instead of marijuana. I don't know whether this is true at all, but I am under the impression, somebody told me one time, this this could be totally apocryphal, but when I see the word marijuana, I go, I think somebody told me one time that that word was actually originally chosen in order to demonize cannabis, Hmm. because it's like a Spanish Uh, word. And it's like in the 60s or whatever, when it was like, oh God, we have to make this illegal. They like the people who wanted it to be illegal constantly called it marijuana instead of calling it cannabis. Mm. And I'm not sure that that's even true. I that could be c- totally bullshit. So don't take my word for that.
0: But look into it. <laughs> but
1: if I was Ashley, I would look into that and I would maybe choose cannabis instead of that word all the time. Okay. And maybe they're interchangeable. If they're interchangeable, then you should use both of them just so that you don't have to say the same word all the time.
0: By the way, here's a here's a writing tip that I learned from Ross Guberman, which some of you may uh, end up reading some of his books in law school, but it's one I've it sticks out to me all the time, and it's the use of the f- phrase "such as." So people do this all the time. They say, uh, "Here's what she said." She says, "I conducted site visits to these facilities in other towns and observed potential impacts on the surrounding neighborhoods, such as," and then she lists the impacts. And he, what he told me, and I, I've done this ever since. He's like what's going on there is you're going from a very general idea, potential impacts to the specific examples. And when people are reading, um, it's, it's hard to imagine the general.
1: Let me guess. Let me guess. You do it the other way around. Exactly. You start with the examples and then you say, and other exactly. blah, blah. So you impacts. almost never
0: need the phrase such as, so you'd say, I conducted site visits to grow to these facilities in other towns and observed how they affected noise, odor, traffic, and other things. Or maybe you just right. leave it at those three. A lot of times you don't need the, like, we get right. it.
1: Well, we can infer that you probably do other things yeah. as well. Yeah. Great. That's a, that's a, a nice tip. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Um, We're out of okay. time. That's way too long, though. The rest of this statement goes on and on and on. At
0: least she's got stuff here to talk about. I think you could cut this down, tighten it up. You could have a really top notch statement. A real seller.
1: What the hell is this shit? Hmm. GPA? I just saw that. Third to the last paragraph? Managing a community process of this scale was significant because my path to becoming a planner started when I decided to pursue a degree in urban studies as an undergraduate student at UC Berkeley. I spoke with guidance counselors to understand what I needed to do to transfer. The first told me this, and the second told me this other thing. It was true, my GPA at this point was not great,
0: what? Oh my gosh, why are you talking about this?
1: Ashley, what are we doing? Some, you know, the second to the last paragraph. Sometimes the backseat of my Chevy Lumina hosted my online classes, and I learned the hard way to keep extra batteries on hand for my reading light. Oh, uh, w- w- cut all that shit. I w- you had me. I was already on your team
0: you're a bad you like you plan
1: addendum yeah. to talk about your GPA or whatever then that's fine but keep it out of your personal statement Wow this was like an a it was, that a- then a- clearly a- minus, as yeah. she keeps talking goes to shit yeah. you know it's like okay that person at the bar you're like into them they're telling you stuff you like yeah at some point you just shut up yeah. you already won you just keep rambling. Then it's like, oh, God, they're okay. interested in you. And never then they're
0: mind. like, oh, never mind.
1: <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah. You had them. But boy, that weird. The time that you should have just omitted. It's all, like those whole last those those last two paragraphs got to go. None of that. All of a sudden now it's a catering bagel shop, nannying, handing out flyers. Don't make me picture you doing random scattered <laughs> jobs. I already was picturing you as a total winner. Thank you, Ashley. Okay. We have three more in the hopper.
0: I say we postpone them um, and yep. force people to go through the uh, <laughs> the form going forward. We'll see how many that limits.
1: What is that link again? That is
0: lsat.link.com forward slash statement
1: yeah we love reading these personal statements i hope it's helpful um you know some of it we we actually saw a couple good things yeah. today we also saw some super terrible things today but uh yeah please submit we'll do as many of them as we can if you're interested in yeah. that um you can also just uh, be lsat famous generally by emailing help at thinkinglsat.com we need pearls versus turds submissions we need excuses of the week submissions mm-hmm. We need uh, news and stuff from whatever's going on out there in the LSAT LSAT and law school admissions world. So please do email help at thinkinglsat.com and uh, get on to a future episode of the show. If you have questions about the LSAT demon, you can email help at lsatdemon.com. We've got the best customer service team anywhere, and you're going to hear back from them promptly if you email them. Um, We also have the best tool there is for... LSAT. Prep. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> LSAT demon.com. Um That was episode 315 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks all y'all for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school.